Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog in the trees of the fort. There are abandoned homes hidden in the bog and beyond the fields. But while there's no longer the smell of dinner and the sounds of family, these homes are not empty. Listener discretion is advised. Something moved through the grass. It moved around Peggy in small sprints whenever it seemed the sound of her own heated breath drowned out the more delicate ranges of sound from her ears and in time with her own heartbeat. Peggy had never seen a wolf, but perhaps it was a wolf. It was more likely that a coyote saw her as an easy meal and while Peggy felt she was faster, she knew deep down that the coyote was probably right. She would prove to be an easy bite to eat. But that only mattered. If indeed it was a coyote in the grass stalking her there. But what if it wasn't? Or even worse, what if it wasn't a wolf? Her imagination continued to run wild. Black blood oozing from open sores on the gums of a large beast without lips. Instead, its long, razor-sharp tongue licked the front of its teeth as it snapped and clicked its jaw rhythmically as it imagined what Peggy's torn flesh would taste like. And what did its eyes look like? Many eyes, 
many more than it should have had. Peggy had settled on this idea. It had many more eyes than a spider that extended down from its face and mane, scattered across the matted patchy fur and empty sockets where the eyes had been gouged by branches and twigs and other sharp-tailed beasts. remembered little of Edith's words as they had made their way through the woods, away from that impossibly large tree, but she remembered one bit of advice. Don't just fall to the ground and hold your knees. Don't wish you were gone. And Peggy wouldn't. Not this time. All she had to do was move slowly and quietly and perhaps whatever it was wouldn't come and snatch her away. It wouldn't drag her to its den before snapping and biting and ripping off her face. If she moved in a straight line, straight away from the forest, she was confident she would find the farmhouse. She only needed to figure out which way was straight. Without the moss on trees to tell her which way was north and no sun above clear and concise, she had no way of knowing which direction to move in. If she begun to walk deeper into the grass, whichever way she went would only be a guess. But surely a guess was better than staying where she was, as some unimaginable terror moved about her unseen through swaying tall grass. Peggy closed her eyes for a moment and tried to feel out the right answer. Which way was it? She clenched her eyelids, hoping for some burst of light, a guiding light, like the light she saw when she roughly rubbed her eyelids after a long nap. But all she saw was darkness and a ringing in her ears. Letting out an exasperated sigh, she looked about. Everything looked the same. A panoramic tableau of green. It was simple. She'd move her left foot, and then her right. She'd choose a direction and hope she arrived at the farmhouse, and, and that's what she did. Calming herself, she began to gently push aside the grass as she slowly plodded her way through the labyrinth of that green ocean that for her small eyes seemed endless. Left foot. Right foot. Left foot. Right foot. In places, there were large wet puddles, which looked less than trustworthy. So she'd move around them, doing her best to correct her path, but any time she looked behind her to correct herself, to orientate herself with the broken grass behind her, to continue in a straight line, the grass looked renewed and unaffected by her stomping and pushing. Some of the muddy puddles were more like small ponds. And after each, her confidence in the straight line journey diminished more and more until she had convinced herself that she was doing nothing more than zigzagging her way through the grass, crossing over her own path or simply headed west when she was trying to head north or south when she meant to be journeying east. Not that she could read a compass. She'd never been taught. 
but she tried to think in terms of the sun and of the way the grass grew and how it always stayed greener on the left side of her house. How the sun angled overhead later in the day and that meant greener grass. Was she on that green side of her home? If she wasn't, she mused, then she'd be interested in seeing that prehistoric landscape with weeds as tall as trees. What would that be like? It seemed she'd been moving for hours, and her mouth was sickly dry, her tongue stuck to the top of her mouth, and everything around her began to look stained with the yellow of age as the sun dropped closer and closer to the horizon. The thread of darkness loomed. Little Peggy LaPont wasn't afraid of the dark. At least she hadn't been, not in her whole life. But recent events surrounding her the talking tree, the growling menace in the grass that lurked around her in that moment was fast teaching her that perhaps she'd been a fool, a naive child who ignored the dangers that lurked in the dark. She needed to find the farmhouse and find it before it got dark. Maybe someone there would help her, maybe light a fire or at least a candle, maybe a kerosene lamp if she was lucky. They'd help her beat back the night. And maybe if they were nice, they might feed her growing hunger and let her drink a cold glass of water. There it was again, just to the left of her. So close to her left. Her chest tightened. Whether from exhaustion or fear or pure impulse, Peggy's resolve broke. She couldn't stand to be in the grass any longer. She couldn't stand the impending doom of the growling and the lurking and the pain and the suffering it would bring her and all the ways she'd imagined she'd die. Little Peggy bounded into a heads-down, knees-up, pumping arms run for her life. The grass slapped her face and sliced at her bare knees. The sound of it droned out whatever beast was now surely chasing her, and the physical exertion diluted the imagery in her mind of what that beast might look like. And with one final push, as Peggy began to tire and slow, she burst out of the grass and onto a gravel road. A gravel road, not mud and puddles and greenery. Oh, finally, finally she was free. But no sooner had the joy of that freedom come and brightened her heart than it had left, as the realization that whatever terrorized her was likely not bound to the confines of the grass and if it wanted could reach out with claws and grab hold of her and drag her back in. Hello, little Peggy LaPont. The familiar voice sounded from up ahead. What a joy to see you here. Peggy looked away from the grass, looking just down the gravel and dirt road to her right a mere fifteen paces, and on the other side of the pathway, facing her and facing the grass, was the man. Oh, it was fun, watching you scurry and scamper about in the grass. 
It was awfully cruel of Edith, that wily old witch, to leave you alone. Luckily, I had a friend who was more than willing to help and show you the way. Oh my, you have such a look of terror upon your face. What a lovely present you could have given me in this moment. It's delicious seeing the tears of terror clinging to your eyes and the look of feral terror at the corners of your mouth. But surely you had to have known it would not hurt you. If you would still your beating heart for a moment, you might realize that luck is on your side. I can't say the same for those around you, though. Peggy LaPont stared at the man, still a stranger but familiar to her, as he sat up from the rocking chair on the porch. As always, he hid in the shadow of the roof, hanging over the porch, on the side opposite the setting sun, where it was darkest. And the house, the house itself, the farmhouse, surely the same farmhouse that Edith had told her was just on the other side of the forest's edge. It was ancient, and sat just back from the gravel and dirt road Peggy stood on catching her breath. It was framed by trees on either side, not trees of the forest, but planted trees. On the left side was a hulking mass of untended apple trees, their little pretty blossoms peeking out through the foliage of what could have been a cherry tree with darker leaves and then more common trees that grew slightly larger just behind those. To the right of the house was a tall tree. It was dead and blackened from fire or lightning strike and slightly off center from that and closer to the road was a well smaller than the one Tom had been pushed into by that red-headed boy James the memory hurt Peggy's heart the house itself stood oddly in place on its foundations which seemed slightly less than straight as if the angle of the weed-riddled dirt and gravel path and the wooden corners of the house were in a disagreement as to what was straight and what was not. It was disorienting to look at. It looked like the house's corners had been shifted slightly out of place, and the beams that connected all the corners of the house decided they wanted to align with the road, deciding it was right and its version of straight was correct. Because of that, the front of the home, angled closer at the right corner facing her to the road than it did at the left, while the back of the home as it was apparent to her as she moved closer was perfectly in line with that wide pathway she walked on. As she pushed the untended bushel of apple trees and other darker leaves there, she could see the old remains of a porch swing, which looked as if it had been crudely attached to a branch before its seat had rotted away and the branch had fallen to the ground. Its chains were rusty and pitted. It made Peggy sad to see the artifacts of childhood discarded that way, forgotten in the undergrowth and weeds, something that would have brought so much joy and been the center of so many good memories, lost and forgotten just like that. Well, come along now. You'll be late for your scheduled tour. 
Edith is selfish and can't spare the time to show you the old stomping ground. But I've made my evening open so that I can accompany you on this most enlightening museum of past lives. Come along, Peggy. It's time for a little education. Hello, Townies. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Town Whispers. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. Things are certainly changing in the fort as we slowly unveil the truths that would otherwise prefer to stay buried, as we slowly wrench open the jaws of less willing informants, and as we move closer and closer to our season finale. Don't worry, though. We still have a ways to go. In the meantime, there is also lots happening behind the scenes of the show. For those who haven't listened to our news update we released after last Tuesday's episode, we are independent once more. And that means we finally exiled the dreaded and horrible mid-roll ads that were unfortunately forced upon the show. Of course, you've probably noticed their absence by now. We will still, of course, have ads before and after the show, though. But if you don't want any ads at all, but would still like to support the town whispers in the fort, our terrible little town, We've gone ahead and lowered the ad-free episodes from our $5 tier down to our $1 tier of support on Patreon, as we have many plans to fill those higher tiers with more and more exclusive content, some of that arriving as early as this month as we move to finish our long-delayed three-part series, From the Flames, where we learn about the terrible events that led to the founding of the fort. Being independent now means your support is even more important now than ever. Whether that means supporting us financially on Patreon and joining our $1 tier to get ad-free episodes, or by sharing the show with friends on Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook and Reddit. Any amount of support means the world to us, especially now. If you'd like to take advantage of the $1 tier and its ad-free episodes, feel free to join us on Patreon. It's as easy as going to www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.